Hey world, it's your host Marshall. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Run On Thoughts. Here we talk about everything and nothing because we are not afraid to be all of ourselves even as we evolve. And that's my thought for my fellow thought thinkers as we unpack our traumas, past hurts, and other BS. Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. Hey, thought thinkers, like the intro said, let's go, let's go, let's go. And where exactly are we going today in season five, episode six, Superwoman Must Die. Now, for those of you who like being Superwoman, feel free, because around here, the real goal is the choice. But it seems like in our patriarchal society, women are forced into social norms and some of those social norms don't allow them to be their whole selves and they have to be and they have to fit into these boxes. And in trying to fit into these boxes, sometimes it can hurt us. So I've thought about this topic a little bit because I don't really want to be too deep because sometimes I take it too far. So today I'm going to tell you the facts, but I'm also going to share with you why these monicums or monikers are not healthy for women. So I thought about feminism. I thought, oh, this episode was inspired by the song, I'm Not Your Superwoman by Karen White made in 1988 and the song actually starts off early in the morning after breakfast at your table i make sure that your coffee has its sugar and cream your eggs are over easy your toast is lightly and all that's missing is your morning kiss that used to greet me i'm not even reading that guys i know the entire song and i've known the whole song since i was a teenage girl, barely a teenage girl. And I think that's because I watched the women around me be super women or be some form of woman that has to fit into only one box in order for society to accept her. But when I thought about this, I thought about feminism, I thought about um, the women's suffrage movement, I, I thought about the strong black woman, I thought about the Jezebel, I thought about Sapphire, I thought about, what's the other one? Jezebel, Sapphire, oh, Mammy. I thought about all of these things and I thought about where we are today. So I'm going to start with feminism, which began in 1848, which was the woman's suffrage movement, which also was to in, enact the 19th Amendment, which is a woman's right to vote, right? And so this is a white woman's right to vote. That's what makes this so deep for me because I'm trying to be open and fair, but as a black woman, I know that in American society, we have a dual history. There's American history and then there's American black history. It should be one, but because of the lies and omissions, we are forced to live in these dual societies where if we just told the truth, I believe that we could be much further, right? So as women began fighting for the right to vote, and they got that right to vote, I think the interest peaked, right? Women started feeling like they no longer wanted to be just a man's support system. See, that's a, the word just is really, really important here, 
right? So then women got the right to vote and then black people got the right to vote. And then in the 1960s, this mm, uh, feminism grew. And the only reason why I stuttered there is because I'm having a hard time with this duality because feminism began to grow, but so also did the me being a black woman, I identify as a womanist because it is understood by many black women that our struggles are different than white women's. Yes, we all want equal pay and equal rights, but then there's racism attached on to your womanhood, right? That makes it an even greater struggle. And until society at large identifies that black women have an added struggle or black people have an added struggle once again we have to create terms and ideologies to support our own systems so in the 1960s when women began to fight against the inequalities primarily in the workforce the women's movement began to grow why because women no longer want to be just your superwoman right but that is exactly what was happening. When women had to work in the home, they were the primary caretaker of their homes. They cooked, they cleaned, they supported their husbands, they took care of their husbands. I discussed this in the um, episode where we talked about revisionist history because I do believe that people see the past different than what it actually was. Were there loving relationships? Of course there were loving relationships, but at large, People, women, had to do what they had to do for survival. And when you don't have a choice, sometimes the choice that you are making is not the choice that you would have made if you had resources. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now the 60s are here. Women are fighting for resources. They're fighting for the right to be. the fighting for the right to work. And guess what? You got to fight for these rights because I've also discussed this in other episodes where I talk about if a man left you, you weren't, he left you with no money. He left you with no child support. Women couldn't own homes. Women couldn't have a bank account. All of these things said, I have to fight for my rights or I will be subjected to continuous pain, agony, and abuse, right? So now women gain the right to, <clears throat> excuse me. Women gain the right to work outside of their homes. But something happened, ladies, with this. As you gain the right to work outside of your homes, it did not change the fact that you still have to work inside of your home. Because I had this conversation with some of my girlfriends when I say women are changing. Women are changing, not men, right? Men, boys are still being raised to be protectors and providers of their homes. That's it. While women are still being nurtured to take care of their homes, bear and raise children, work outside of the home. So now, ladies, what we've done is add more responsibilities onto our plate. And I don't have a problem with women working outside of the home. But as we grew, we didn't expect our men to grow. We just expected them to accept, right? So now... Women are complaining about having to work outside of the home, complaining about having to work inside of the home, and their husbands are simply working outside of the home, 
and then they come home and then they expect for all of their needs to be met. All of the traditional roles that you used to do, many women are finding that they still have to do those roles and it becomes exhausting. And then many women began to feel like superwomen, like they are wearing capes because now that we live in this um, society where you need two incomes, so you need two incomes, right? Your husband has to go to work, a woman has to go to work, but a woman still has to get, is expected to get pregnant take care of her children, take care of her home, fulfill her duties in the office, make less money, and all of these can weigh on the spirit. Now that was me trying to address womanhood and feminism as a whole. But as a black woman, I have to talk about our struggles with as it relates to the strong black woman and where that comes from. The strong black woman comes from American slavery. I know people have that find that hard to believe, but she is sort of like the, mm, do I want to say cousin? Do I want to say cousin? But she's burst out of, so let's talk about American slavery, right? American slavery started, it lasted 400 years, right? But American slavery also allowed for women to be subjected and put into categories. Black women were put into these crazy categories that hosted and allowed for society to oppress them at a greater level, right? So to counter the effects of oppressive stereotypes and societal expectations of black women, these words like Jezebel, Mammy, and what's the other one? Sapphire. So I'm gonna share the definitions that I found for these words so that everybody can be on the same wavelength. Jezebel. In modern uses, the name of a Jezebel is sometimes used as a synonym for sexually promiscuous or controlling women. See, I knew that Jezebel was associated with sexual women, but I did not know that it also meant controlling women. Why did I leave that part out, right? How many of you knew that Jezebel was also a controlling woman? The Jezebel stereotype is an oppressive image and was used as a justification for sexual assault and sexual servitude during the eras of colonization and slavery in the United States. Y'all heard that? That's the point of these words. They want to box you in because those in power want to convince you that the oppression, oppressive acts committed against you are your motherfucking fault. Ain't that some shit? Mammy. We all have heard this term, mammy. It's not a compliment. The nice way of describing a mammy is a plus-size black woman who take care of white children. We see this in tons of movies. We see this in, um, what's the name of that movie? What's the name of that movie? The Help. And in countless other movies before that, this ideology of black women has been passed down and passed down and passed down. So much so that they've even created the Sapphire Mammy. Ain't that some shit? But then let me discuss to you what Sapphire means. Because Sapphire to me is how I see black women being portrayed today. Right? So 
I looked this up. I went to the Jim Crow Museum, and it says that the sapphire caricature portrays black women as rude, loud, malicious, stubborn, and overbearing. She is the angry black woman, popularized in cinema and on television. She is tart-tongued and emasculating, one hand on the hip and the other pointing and jabbing, violently and rhythmically rocking her head, mocking African-American men for offenses ranging from being unemployed to sexually pursuing white women. She is a shrill nagger with irrational states of anger and indignation and is often mean-spirited and abusive. Wow. The Sapphire has a desire to dominate and her hypersensitivity to injustices make her a perpetual complainer. But she does not criticize to improve things. Rather, she criticizes because she is unendingly bitter and wishes that unhappiness on others. Wow. This is how they see black women. Right? But it is more than that. It is a social control mechanism. This is where I want to stay. It is a social control mechanism that is employed to punish Black women who violate the societal norms that encourage them to be passive, servile, non-threatening, and unseen. See? Serve like the Jezebel and be unseen like Mammy, right? So that is how the strong Black woman was born, right? Her job is to counter the oppressive stereotypes and societal expectations of women. So here we are, the strong black woman. Dear strong black woman, I see you. I see you because I had to be her. I thought she was important. I thought she was necessary. And she may have been necessary, right? She may have been what we needed to do in order to survive the conditions that we were thrown into. But like everything that puts you into one box, it comes with some myths. It comes with some realities. It comes with some helps. It comes with some hurts, right? It comes with all of this, all of those other terms used to mind fuck us into doing everything. And that is universal of women. It wants most of us to do everything. But because black women have always had to work outside of the home to make ends meet, and then we have to now be the strong black woman because, see, we come from strong families. Even if those families were made up, right? When slavery was happening and they separated the families, we became family with whoever was there. We lived in a village. We took care of each other's children. And then because those family units were thriving and getting stronger and building communities, the family was then broken up. Black men were being asked to leave their households, right? They couldn't find jobs. Who did these society attack, it first attacked the black man, right? Because if a man is being raised to protect and provide, and he cannot go out into the world and protect and provide, then that means that he feels less than, and also he cannot offer his protection and provisions to his family. 
So when the man leaves the household, who then must pick up the slack? The woman has to become the leader of the household, right? And now because of the mind fucks, because of the PTSD, because of she fears for her black sons, she coddles them, right? She raises her daughters to be independent, to be self-sufficient, to work. The world makes space for black women to succeed and to thrive, right? This strong black woman, Monicum, right? She's mad. She's bitter. She's out here trying to do the best that she can. She's working. She's being educated. And what is happening to our men? Black men and white men. What is happening to our men? The more you do for someone, the more they expect of you. And this strong black woman moniker, it got a cape, right? Because as we're dealing with racism and rallies and marches and injustices, who shows up to the front of the line? Who's ready to die? Who has to have her masculine energy at the forefront of being a woman? Black women. Right? We have to fight. And then we have to be belittled by everyone who says she's too strong. She doesn't know how to follow. Follow what? Right? I should not have to ask a man to lead. A leader is a leader. But I do believe because that role was taken from you, you do not know how to lead. Right? You know how to ask and believe that I should let you lead. But in truth, if I have to tell you to lead, or if you have to ask to lead, then you are not a natural born leader. And then you want to continually oppress me for leading. Because I had to take over in order for us to not drown. Because guess what? When you leave or were forced to leave or for whatever reason society made you leave, the pain that you felt, the PTSD, the inability to take care of your family, the woman is still there. And my children, our children still have to eat, right? Our children have to eat. They need to be clothed. They need to be fed. So now what happens? What happens is now that we are disconnected. We are disconnected. Black women are blaming black men. Black men are blaming black women, but none of us are acknowledging that this was done to us, right? And so I do believe that black men are suffering, but I can't speak to their suffering because I am not a man, but I can speak to the suffering of black women. And like I said in the beginning, all of those black women who want to be strong black women, and if that moniker makes you feel strong and like a boss, knock yourself out. But I no longer see the strong black woman badge as an honor. I see it as the world forcing us into another category, right? Because now where we were fighting against being just the Jezebel or just the Mammy or just Sapphire, the strong black woman seemed to take all of those oppressive titles and bottle them into one package. And now we're being seen as all of those things. At the same time, I have to work. 
I have to come home. I have to cook. I have to clean. I have to fuck, suck, lick. I have to clean the house. I have to do the laundry. I have to make the appointments. I have to, I have to be bitten and not let it sting. I have to be bruised and act like it's okay. I have to dry my tears up really, really fast or not cry at all. And then you wonder why the strong black woman presents as the angry black woman? How about she's fucking angry? Angry. She's angry. When T.D. Jake said that women are not allowing men to be men. The problem I had with that was not that I thought that he was wrong or that I was disagreeing with him. But it was the statement then the women must do something, right? As if he's not holding men accountable. Like I said, I don't have to allow you to be a man. That is a job that you design for yourself. And if you are a leader, you step up. One time I heard Jill Scott on The Breakfast Club and she said, if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. But if you can tell me what to do, you can tell me what to do. And I felt that with every fiber of my being because I am that woman. If you are a leader, it just looks like leading. And also as a smart woman, sometimes on some subjects, right? I need a man who is smarter in many areas than I am, right? I also need to be able to trust your word, right? I need to be able to trust that what you say you're going to do aligns with what you do. That is how a woman begins to trust you, to trust your leadership. But when you guys want to be the boss for no effing reason, other than the fact that you have dicks, we are all sitting back at brunch talking about you, trying to figure out who the F you think you are. And then you get mad and jealous and your ego steps in because we are out here ready and willing and able to do the damn thing. So we're damned if we do. We're damned if we don't. And it feels like this disconnect that's just growing because if a woman comes to the table with nothing, a man is mad that she has nothing. If she comes to the table with more than he does, his ego is in the way and he's mad at that. So what do you want from us, right? What the hell do you want from us? It feels like no matter what role a woman takes, it is never enough because ultimately some of us feel like what you really want is for us to simply shut the fuck up, do what you say, ask for nothing and accept whatever you give us. And that is never going to happen. So like I say, when I say superwoman must die, this idea that women are ever going back to pre-feminism, pre-fighting for our rights and accepting being told what to do simply because we are women and because you are men with dicks is out of this motherfucking world. Men need to grow. Ladies, part of this responsibility is on us, right? I know we already asked to be superwoman, but we are raising our sons 
to be what we are not even attracted to. Men are raising their daughters to also be what they are not attracted to. All the men I know are raising their daughters to be self-sufficient, work hard, become educated, become doctors, not take no crap from, from nobody, spoiling them, saying things like she's never, she's always going to want somebody who does for her more than I do. But when that woman grows up and begins the dating process, now men call her a bougie bitch. Make it all make sense. Make it make sense. Superwoman must die, women, because we are out here mentally, physically, emotionally, and even financially exhausted. We need therapy. We need healing. Brunch and this full self-love, right? Self-love is not a bath. I hate to tell you this. It feels good, but it is not doing the work. Getting your nails done is not self-love. Those are nice things to do for yourself. And I believe that we should all be taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. But that self, that man, that's some good PR. That by going to take a bath, you are going to feel better. No, you're going to be clean and you're going to feel relaxed for the moment. But whatever issues you got growing inside your soul, they are still there. Right? The heavy weight of having to carry all of the loads all of the time will make you want to pass out. And then you realize you can't. You can't. Because you went, you got on the line, you picked up the superwoman badge and you placed it on your chest. And now you're just out in the world saying, I'm a boss. I don't even know what that means, right? I think it's okay to be proud of yourself, okay to be proud of your successes, but it reads like bitterness, right? It reads like the world told me that I had to do everything and because it looks like I did everything, I want to be rewarded. You already got the reward, whether it's financially, whether it's whatever the case may be, but most of those women are still unhappy. Right. And I'm not telling us to take off the cape because we want to now listen to men and do as they say, because none of that can happen unless men step the fuck up and just decide to get their shit together and lead. And another thing, men, you need to be liked. Women need to like you. There are whole articles going around saying that while y'all say that women are going to grow old and be alone. Ah. The stats are changing and says that you guys are going to grow old and be alone because women are demanding a greater uh, level of emotional health. Because while we're getting mental health, right, you guys are at the bottom of getting your health together mentally. You have no emotional skills, but that's not your fault because if the only thing that you've been taught like I said, is to protect and provide and you don't know how to deal in a range of all of your feelings, anger, hurt, expressing yourself, saying what you need, being allowed to be your whole self. Doesn't that sound like what the problem is with all of us, right? I believe that if we are all being raised to be whole, 
We can then grow up and find those who simply compliment us. But if we are keep being expected to be, to show up in pieces, right? Then we will continue to meet people who are in pieces, right? They look whole, they look strong, but they're in pieces, right? If they're successful, then they have depression. We are at an all time high for suicide, depression, anxiety. The weight is too heavy, ladies. Let the super woman die and just fucking be you. Whatever that looks like for you, you don't need any labels to be all of who you are. Do you guys understand what I am saying? You don't need any label. If you are sweet, just be sweet. If you a boss, just be a boss. These words allow society to continue to put you in these fucked up boxes and then they expect you to be all of that. I am a myriad of emotions. I am a myriad of different things. Yes, I am strong. Yes, I am black. Yes, I am a woman, but I do not want the moniker strong black woman because then I am expected to not be soft. Nobody hears our tears. Nobody even wants to let us cry. When we're giving birth, black women are at the greatest risk of death because we are so fucking strong. So they think. And I may be strong, but it is also strong to be vulnerable. There is strength in crying. There is strength in needing assistance. There is strength in needing help. There is strength in having someone to support you or a village to support you. There is strength. This idea, did y'all know, black woman, that not asking for help is a trauma response? Because you ain't never got no fucking help. We don't even know how to ask for help. But then that's double-sided too, right? Because if I've never gotten any help, the men who say that they want to lead that means that y'all weren't there for me. Y'all weren't there for her. So if you weren't there for her, how can she let down her guard? You see this fucking conundrum that we in, right? We need each other, right? We need each other to excel. So even though I'm telling women that the strong woman must die, how is she going to die without the support of society, without the support of men? <sighs> I'm tired of talking to you guys. Bye.